Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus. Coming to you on Thursday, March the 16th. Yes, that's right. It's St. Patty's weekend coming up. And it is episode 377. And we're going to talk just a little bit about moral courage. Now, before I get into that, let me just tell you, we're going to talk about the right thing. Um, standing and choosing your team. But before I get into that, let me remind you, you can help me help you get the word out to make a difference to stand for McKinney by liking and sharing the show, commenting on the show, subscribe and rating the show. Go to your favorite podcatcher, the app, whatever it is you use and do me a solid. And just so you know, my two listeners have successfully gotten me well over 100,000 downloads now. For those of you following along, last week I thought I was going to make it. And I Sunday Sunday uh, morning, I read it and I, I broke the 100,000 barrier. So thank you to all the people out there, including those two listeners that uh, I get credit for having. <clears throat> that is... A special thank you to uh, McKinney there. All right. So moral courage. So those of you who live in town here know that I have a friend in town here. He goes by KD online. I know him as Kyle. He looks out of place if he doesn't have his cowboy hat on and his 45 on his hip. He works private security. He is a liberty lover, and he stands for the children. He's motiva- motivated by love and for concern for the next generation, for his grandchildren. And I got to give credit where credit is due. That guy <laughs> motivates me to make sure that I get the podcast out as often as possible. We actually talked about trying to do something on Tuesday night, and unfortunately, it just it didn't happen. You know, calendars don't mesh up, whatever. No harm, no foul. But I tell you what, the man will be out there tomorrow morning doing something, looking out for those kiddos, going to the border, protecting people. In his retirement, I think he might be busier than I am. Well, maybe not, but we're both very, very busy. And he is motivated by his concern and by his moral conviction and courage. And what I would encourage each and every of you listening out in the atmosphere, right? In the web sphere that you should take a look at yourself in the mirror and decide what is it that you are concerned about? What is it that gets you up in the morning? What is it? Your biggest concern is your biggest thing you wish to protect and use that to motivate you to do the right thing. So step one, you have to do the right thing. And what is the right thing? Well, therein lies the rub. Now, for me, it's a whole lot clearer, right? When you have a Christian worldview, it's it's much easier to understand right from wrong. But if you don't, there are ways to figure it out. Does it help others? Does it encourage others? Is this destructive to somebody? I mean, for the libertarians out there, there's the NAP, right? The non-aggression principle is, am I violating anybody else's rights? Am I interfering with their ability to be who they are? The whole idea of you do you kind of shines through in this. So 
once you find out what your moral compass is, where your moral courage comes from, then you can do the right thing. And doing the right thing can happen in many ways, in many shapes and many forms. It can be as simple as looking out for the guy down the street. It could be as simple as opening a door for somebody. It could be as simple as blocking traffic while somebody's trying to get their car out of the way. It could be as simple as saying, thank you, doing the right thing, showing respect where respect is due. And sometimes where respect isn't really due to the individual, but perhaps to their office or what they represent. And therein lies a challenge because there are a whole lot of people that are in those positions that abuse their power and they abuse their people, but we are still called upon to be respectful of their office, respectful of them when they're in the actions of their office. And I got to say, I I fail on this from time to time, but again, doing the right thing. It's not that hard to say your sirs and your ma'ams, your please and your thank yous. Just common courtesy. It is the Southern thing, but we did it in the Midwest as well. It would, it would never have crossed my mind as a young man to refer to an adult by their first name unless I was given specific permission to do so. Indeed, what is humorous to me is I was in a youth ministry for a number of years. And in the, the class that I saw through to their graduation, many of them still want to refer to me as Mr. Callis. And I told them upon graduation, turning 18, that you have now earned the right as an adult. Now you can still refer to me as my last name, Mr. Callis. You have earned the right to call me by my first name because honestly, most of them called me Mr. Stephen for so many years. And it was a sign of respect. And I returned that respect when they became adults and I wanted them to be on equal footing. I wanted to give them the credit where credit was due. Now that most of them are off at college getting, well, hopefully an education, but certainly figuring out what they want to do with the rest of their lives and becoming young men and hopefully finding that young lady and settling down at some point in the not too distant future to start a family, to become productive members of society, doing the right things. And I hope that my little bit of influence or my little input into their life facilitated that or encouraged that. It's not easy. I I have had a conversation more than once this week where, quite frankly, we picked on the boomers. And honestly, they kind of deserve it from time to time. But when I look at the generation following me, the millennials or the, the Y or the Zoomers, their situation is not all that different. They're, they're a generation beyond being removed from me and Gen X. And they're like, uh, you guys have spent us into oblivion. We've got this propaganda filling our heads and we don't know right from wrong and boy from girl. And I'm not sure if I'm a boy or a girl and God forbid I have to make a decision. And you offended me because you looked at me wrong. I mean, in what kind of world did we create for ourselves? They don't know what the right thing is, so they can't very well do it. The secondary part of that is doing it at the right time. It's really easy to do the right thing when there's no cost. It's really easy to be all principled when there's no challenge. What happens 
when it's not a polite society? What happens when the pagans win, right? When the when the barbarians have overrun the gates and they're running everything. Oh, wait, we might actually already be there, but play along here. What happens when there's nothing left of civil society? Are you still going to be able to do the right thing? Are you going to be able to face the cost or the potential cost by doing the right thing? It matters now. Yes, but it will matter much more then. When there is a cost, when there is a challenge to doing the right thing, that timing is what matters at that point. And are you going to be willing to do that? Are you going to be willing to potentially face a consequence or a sacrifice for doing that right thing? And I think, again, and this is going to sound redundant, over the last three years, we've learned that a great number of those people aren't going to do it. They're not going to have what it takes to do the right thing when it matters. They're going to fold. They're going to show that they're not capable of doing the right thing when it matters. And that brings us to standing, right? Standing in the gap. So when there is a circumstance, right? When when bad things are happening, when the challenges are there and you're doing the right thing at the right time and you have to stand. And you push back and you hold the line and you protect those that can't protect themselves and you run interference and you face those arrows and those barbs and you, quite frankly, face down that lion. Hopefully metaphorically, but who knows with the way our civilization may collapse, it could be a reality, right? Uh, I mean, the Lion King's only uh, an hour north of me here. It's or the Lion King. <laughs> The Tiger King is only a mile north or uh, an hour north of me. And it's entirely possible that some of those tigers get on the loose and we'll have all sorts of nightmares down here in North Texas. But seriously, folks, seriously, we have to stand in the gap. We have to be willing to do the right thing at the right time and hold the line. Now, I know there was an entire generation that wasn't interested in doing that. I know there were a whole lot of shepherds that weren't willing to do that. I know there were a whole lot of leaders that would rather get that nice paycheck from big gov than do the right thing and stand in the gap. I know there were a whole lot of people that we were counting on to be there and to show the way, but they weren't there. That means that it's up to us. It's up to us to, to stand up, step out in faith, and continue to do the right thing and to continue to do it at the right time. And we can make a difference. And this is the corollary, honestly, to the previous day's episode, right? You can make mistakes. You can have dire consequences. You, you can put yourself in a position where you've lost a battle, but that doesn't mean the war is over. I, I I was listening to a podcast earlier this week and they talked about the Cannae battle, right? Rome lost an entire army at Cannae to uh, Hannibal and his forces. Yet they were able to rally and come back and run all the way down to Tunis and take out the Carthaginians, right? They wiped out Carthage and their entire 
thing because they wouldn't stop. They wouldn't take the loss. They wouldn't bend. They continued to stay motivated and fight the good fight. Hmm? They were doing, in their minds, the right thing. They were doing it all the time, so it was always the right time. And they continuously stood in that gap. Now, I've just compressed probably (laughs) 100 years worth of Punic Wars, but at the end of the day, Rome still stood because they kept fighting. They kept doing what they thought was the right thing. So I'm going to tell you that all is not lost. There are so many ways that we can move forward. I'm going to redouble my efforts in the various things I'm involved with. I'm going to make sure that opportunities are there to learn from mistakes and to learn from our enemy. I mean, you've got to know your Sun Tzu, right? Sun Tzu tells you if you know your enemy and you know yourself, you'll win your battles. But if you don't know your enemy, you're going to lose battles. If you don't know yourself, you're going to lose battles. And if you don't know your enemy or yourself, you certainly ought not go into battle because you will never win. What I'm going to suggest to you is that we that are standing, we that are hoping to push back against the barbarians at the gate, metaphorically speaking, have got to know what it is we're doing and how we're doing it. We've got to make sure what it is we're doing is the right thing. Now, that may mean that we use tactics that we might find distasteful. That may mean that we have to tread into some gray areas in order to protect our children and our grandchildren. That may mean that you got your hands dirty. But what's at stake here, quite simply, is civilization, right? I mean, let's let's not mince words here. If you can't salvage Collin County, you can't salvage Texas. If you can't salvage Texas, you can't salvage the United States. If you can't salvage the United States, well, it's game over. The globalists are at the gate. The barbarians are already flooding in. What are you going to do? Now, I've talked about the idea that, you know, Texas is its own readout. Texas can do these things as an independent nation. And I've had it pointed back out to me that, well, that's a pipe dream. That can't happen. That's not. Well, sure. If you keep thinking like that, if you, if you're defeatist all the time, if you, if you refuse to accept the possibility exists, well, of course, of course, you've already lost the battle. You've seeded it before it even began. You're not standing and you certainly aren't doing the right thing. So I will take it under advisement to not listen to you, to not give any credit to you, to not pay any attention to you. You are no better than those sunshine patriots, right? You you don't come out when it's raining. You don't come out while it's hard, but boy, when, when the, when the sun's out and things are looking good, oh, you're all there to take the credit. Now I'm under no illusion that I'm all there is or that I'm the man or any of that nonsense. I do what I can with what I've got. And all I'm asking is for every other person out there to do what you can with what you've got. They've talked about, we need a leader. We need somebody to coalesce around. Well, that may be true, but 
no leader is going to stick his neck out if he doesn't have willing followers or willing lieutenants or people that are already doing those things. You know, people don't like Trump. People have their uh, qualms about the way he does things. Myself, I have my doubts that in any way, shape, or form, he can be called a conservative. I will call him the ultimate pragmatist. I will call him a street fighter. I will proudly say that he's done more to push back against the machine than anybody that's been elected in office, quite frankly, in pretty much all my life. That being said, he's still a 1960s era Democrat. I mean, he he's still holding to things that... <clears throat> 60 years ago, we're anathema to anybody that called themselves a conservative, yet we have to give credit where credit is due. He did some of those things because others weren't willing to sooner. He stood in the gap. Now, whether or not you think he did the right thing, okay, fine, we can argue about that. But there's no doubt he stood in the gap. What were you doing? And I would advise you very carefully to look at who these never Trumpers are. To look at who these people are that only talk down and only critique and only beat up the very people that are doing the job, that are doing the work, that are sticking their necks out. Perhaps, just perhaps, they are not our friends. Perhaps they're the ones that need to be on that short leash. And as I wrap this up. You know, I can do what I can do with what I have. But we can get a whole lot more done if we have a team. We can we can do a whole lot more if we work together as a community. Now, for those of you out there that aren't aware, I belong to a group called the Collin County Patriots. I laugh about our initials, CCP. We are the furthest thing from the Chinese Communist Party you could possibly be, but somehow we gave ourselves those initials. I was brought in to help. I really was. We folded in our Constitutional Texans uh, group. We have a way forward here. When I'm talking about redoubling my efforts, I'm talking about the book club. I floated this idea over a year ago. Maybe even two years ago at this point. I don't even know anymore. I'd like to see if we can pull one off. Maybe we meet once a week. Maybe we meet every other week. We pick a book about politics, about getting things done. Maybe about war. And if you think politics is not war, no, it's just war by other means, which is the opposite of what Clausewitz said, where war is politics by other means, right? We have to decide what we're going to do and focus our efforts on improving the situation. We have to learn what battles are worth fighting. We have to learn which battles are the most significant and most important. We have to learn who's on our team, how to use them properly. And what I mean use, I mean utilize, Right. If we're on a team, we should all be working together. And when you have to choose your team wisely, you have to pick your friends. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, gonna, I'm here to tell you right now. If you live in Collin County, if you're willing to invest, I don't know, let's call it 10 hours a month to the cause, eight hours a month to the cause, I want you to look me up. I need you to be able to drive to McKinney in less than 25 minutes. I need you to be willing to show up for a meeting eh, twice a month for planning. I need you to be willing to invest your skills, your knowledge, your passions in improving where we're at here in Collin County. Improving, for, forget the politics for a side, but just improving what we're going to provide for the next generation. Be willing to have discussions. Be willing to face down hard questions. Be willing to invest your time and your energies in making a difference. And honestly, not unlike planting those trees that you may never sit underneath and enjoy the shade. We're doing it for the next generations that follow us. And I'm putting this out here because I'm thinking at this point, if you're still listening to me, you're not all that different from me. Maybe, maybe you're not willing to go invest your time doing a podcast. Maybe you're not willing to go run for office. Maybe you're not willing to get beat up at political meetings. All that's fine. But are you willing to set aside a little time and invest in how we can bring up and educate another generation? How we can push back against those barbarians that are already through the gate? My phone number's on this podcast. My phone number's on my page. My email's there too. I, I honestly, I can recruit from the people that I know. I've already asked a number of people and some are interested, some are not. But we got to work outside our bubble. We've got to get fresh blood. We've got to get new people involved. If we keep doing the same things over and over again, we lose our edge. We're not as sharp. We're, we're not as productive. We're not as effective. That's why I'm doing this. It's kind of unprecedented. I mean, really, I'm going to an unknown audience out there and asking one or two of you to set aside what you're already doing in your life to make some time to invest in essentially a political club. But we want to be more than that. We want to do more than that. But in order to do that, we need good people to come join the team. And you have to choose your team wisely. So give me a call. We can interview each other. We can sit in a group and we can talk about what our ideas are, what we want to do. Nothing gets accomplished without taking that first step. I've been stepping for 377 episodes that have been counted. There's probably 30 more that I didn't count, but I'm asking you to take a step in faith. I'm asking you to get out of your comfort zone and do the right thing because now is the right time. And this is an opportunity for you to stand in the gap. Are you willing to join me? And if you're not willing to join me, go find someone else. Go do your own thing. I'm encouraging you. Just do it. (laughs) 
And I hope this is more upbeat. I hope this is more positive. There, all is not lost. And I don't believe that all is lost. There is always opportunity. There is always going to be a remnant. Start investing in it now. And with that, this has been According to Callus, and I will see you on the other side.